Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to White Wine Question Time, the podcast that asks its guests three thought-provoking questions over three glasses of wine. And this week, well, we're transatlantic for at least one of my guests. They make up 50% of one of the best bands you'll ever hope to see live. In 1999, they arguably stole Glastonbury, well for me anyway, when they walked out on stage on a clear, bright, dry afternoon, just in time for the heavens to open on the opening bars of their festival anthem why does it always rain on me it felt like serendipity to those of us watching but as you'll hear in this episode that wasn't the experience that played out for them on stage having had several lineup changes the four men that went on to become known as travis met in their native scotland and spent years gigging and building a live following before making a serious dent on the charts 22 years ago with their second album the man who which spawned hits like driftwood turn and the aforementioned why does it always rain on me? They've since sold millions of records and won countless awards, including Best Band and Best Album at the Brits, and have played the biggest stages the world has to offer. For years now, they've been working remotely, very successfully, even before working remotely became a thing, with at least three of them living in different countries at any given time. First of all, the lead singer, Fran Healy, who's in downtown Los Angeles, and then all the way in Liverpool, Andy Dunlop, who, for the interests of transparency, is a good and old friend of mine. They continue to record music and tour and you can hear their latest album, 10 Songs, wherever you get your music and you can see them live on their forthcoming UK tour, which starts, fingers crossed, at the end of April. So, let's dial them up. Uh, it's so nice to see you both. The last time I saw you, I was stood in a, in a pit at the front of your stage singing to the sky and that feels like a lifetime ago oh it doesn't con don't concerts feel like a, a different life don't they we've they been really given a date do. though we've, we've been given a tentative date though it's so exciting june 21st and i don't know about you and but i couldn't quite react to it at first i had to yeah, sit yeah, with it yeah, for a yeah. while and check 
not just the ITN news and the BBC news, but also Newsnight yeah. to make sure it was real and no one was going to change their mind. And then I could believe it. <laughs> My WhatsApp was on fire. It was just like the image just kept coming of like the, the, the sort of date with all the sort of provisos and everything. I was like, oh my God. We should explain that Fran's in, Fran's in Los Angeles and he's obviously slightly disconnected sort from... Of like, I don't even... This is all news to me because here is... is there's there's still i mean the, the 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 down things like that but they're still like they're rubbish over here there's a festival happening this year that has got to make you guys just yeah. click your heels together and clap your hands i'm still in in, in disbelief will people actually <laughs> want to go into a field together do you think oh i think really well we do. spent the last year in a park so what's the difference oh yeah i know i know that's true but i just wonder just from a ticket buy not not in a field yeah. i mean like gig gigs indoor gigs i think people are really wanting to go so how have you boys been conducting your your business as a band via the pandemic via i mean like fran you're in la is dougie still living abroad or is he back in, in the uk now he's yeah, in glasgow he's and you're in yeah. liverpool where's neil lancaster You've been doing this remote working since before anybody else had to think about it. Well, you yeah. know, the weird thing, we, weird thing Kate, was we were rubbish at it before the pandemic, but we've suddenly become very good. <laughs> I, th I, think, I think it brought it into focus what you could do, because you had to do it. And actually, we were as in ruder health than we've ever been. We see each other more than we ever did. The only thing I would say is that it makes everything about four times harder. The, the, lockdown is, the, the lockdown's been... I don't know how you find it, Kate, but like for us, like if we if we were going to do uh, this, for instance, or or something similar, where say for instance we played you a song, we would come to the studio, and your guys would set up the thing, and our guys would set up the stuff. We'd just come in, play, talk, 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 then leave. But now we have to like have to record something, send it to Andy, Neil, and Dougie. They all play on it. I'm like to everyone, right, guys, play, like line it up. And then they all send it back and none of it's lined up. So then I have to line it all up every single time, Andy. Yeah. I have to line it up. It's lined up, I just move it on purpose. <laughs> and then, and, but then you, eventually you get it and you put it in that, and then it's mixed and then I have to send it back. Then we make a video and it's like, it is like, um, yeah. I hit the wall. I hit the wall in October and um I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm over the wall now, but it's, um, but it's been tough. It has it been has tough for everyone. Totally. You know what? You know what? We're, I, I, I didn't lose any family members, and, and I know yeah. people who have. So that's yeah. when you, when you scale off with what is actually important, it doesn't really even factor into it. So it doesn't. Yeah. Hopefully, people can come and see you live again very soon. Are there plans to get back out on the road now that we're open? Yeah, I think so can't wait for us to just play together again, even just in a rehearsal room, because you really miss that. You, we, we, we tried to do it about two weeks ago. There was like this competition winners for the last album. And me and Fran tried to do like a live performance over, over like one of these things. And it, the, the, the time delay was just so insane. It's like Fran would play and then I was behind him. Then the person would be singing along to it, like another second or two behind that, going, why does it always rain? And it was like, it was the weird. It was like a Steve Reich record. It was like so like an experimental music. It's so hard. So just to play in a room, play in a room together again is going to be great. I wanted to start with one, with you that sits around divine intervention because when you read back the Travis story, so many things happened that were beyond any sort of manufacturing on your part. And I'm just going to give you some examples. 
on a visit to Scotland, Nico Bolas, who was kind of a long-time Neil Young and Rolling Stones associate, turned, he tuned into a Travis session on Radio Scotland, is that right? Yeah. And he, he heard something in you that made him then get on a train at, or a plane and travel to Perth, and that's Perth, Scotland, not Australia, yeah. I'd like to add. Mm -hmm. And Fran, you've said, he told us we were shit. He took us in the studio for four days and taught us how to play properly like a band. He was ballsy, rude in New York, really pushy. He didn't believe my lyrics and told me to write what I believed in. He was Mary Poppins. He sorted us out. So that's that's one example of divine intervention yeah. in your story. Yeah. And then there's Andy McDonald, right? Who Andy became... Or Ian Argyle. We signed a record contract just to him. There was no record label. He just sold Godus. So it was just a personal check was a record contract. So it was, it was, we, we signed to him and then he started a record label. So it, it was just him as a guy. Now, as a vote of confidence, I mean, that, that was a significant investment. We're talking six figures, right? Of his own money. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. is somebody coming along at a time when you may or may not have felt like you had a giant in your corner backing you, but gave you no. that, like, I think you're bloody great. And then the other moment that always comes up if you Google Travis, is the moment you walk on stage at Glastonbury. They've had this beautiful day of dry weather and then the opening bars of Why Does It Always Rain On Me starts and the rain starts to fall. It was poetic. It was divine intervention. Can you think of other moments? There's been so many more things. The, the year, right, so I'll give you two examples. That was a really, <clears throat> the year that we, we that we kind of became huge was um, some strange things happened. I lived in a little flat, not a flat, a little tiny house, a little coach house on uh, Western Park in Crouch End. So I, I was, we're, we're, as you come down the street towards, uh, the, well, there was a, there used to be a KFC on the corner, you know, the high street. We were in 22A Western Park and, um, the first thing was that I, it was around about June or May or something, or maybe around about March, April, May, the, the, the posters for the Virgin Festival went up and it was uh, V99 and it was um, August, uh, 22nd of August in Weston Park, W-E-S-T-O-N Park. 22nd of August is 22A which was my yeah. address. So my address was on this poster saying 22A Western Park in Stafford. And I was born in Stafford. No. Right? Yeah. So I'm going, what, what is going to, and we're on the bill. We were like, we're, and it says our name on the thing. I'm like, oh my God, what's this a sign? What's going on here? What's going to happen? Am I going to, you know, is, that, is this the day I'm going to die or whatever? <laughs> and, and I was really worried about it. That was the day that Travis got to number one. On the 22nd of August at wow. Western Park, yeah, on a Sunday. And um, it was like, it was there. And then there was this other time when I was in that particular house. I'm sure there was something magic about that house. I was lying in bed one morning. We had a Velux window right above the bed. And I woke up, like, I heard this boom. And I woke up and it was like a, a, a white dove. Well, no, that's right. No, I didn't wake up. I was lying, looking up, and this white dove just out of nowhere just came and just whacked itself on the window, <laughs> like <Ow>. full wings, <laughs> full wings out, and and flew off and left a left a dust shadow of itself like an angel above my bed, and I was like, oh my god, that's the strangest thing, and that was just a little bit. It was in the same year, and then finally, the day before we. Um, 
uh, the day before. Remember, Andy, when we got the deal, the publishing deal in Stones Bar, yeah, yeah. Stones Bar yeah, in yeah, Edinburgh. Right. <laughs> right. This is a, this is a yeah. This is a time before mobile phones, and um, we 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 went to Edinburgh to play a gig, and that's where we got specifically to play for Sony Music Publishing, who were going to come up and say whether or not they were going to give us a deal, and um, so we'd gone through. And um, we'd done this gig. The PA blew up within the first 20 seconds. And oh, we, could no. not we could not play. Then a massive fight broke out in the place, as all has happened. Then the riot police came in. And in this, it was like a, 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 a bar fight. And it... <laughs> yeah. And then we were just in the middle of us, we got a deal. I came home that night and my mum opened the door she went oh dark god thank god you're all right and i was like well, what, what's up she's like well the funniest thing happened tonight so at, at my bed i slept in the kitchen next to the fridge in, a, in an alcove right. in, a, in, a, in our house and above my bed i had posters and whatnot and one of the posters that like so my bed's like this and then above the bed to the sides of the bed is a poster of travis bickle from taxi driver pointing his pointing his Gun, pointing his gun or, or doing uh -huh. that or something and um that's not where we got our band name from by the way but anyway he was above my bed and she was doing something she was like i was just making something at the cooker and i heard this noise and i turned around and that poster just had just come off your wall and it was just floating like this and it just like just landed on the bed perfectly like someone just laid it there and she thought oh my god I hope something. I hope nothing. Nothing bad has happened. Like, her, her family were just constantly like, "What? What bad is going to happen? <laughs> it's not what. What good is going to happen?" We're always yeah, what the bad so terrible. Hail Marys yeah, all um, over the place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, and 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 that was the night we got our deal. So, lots of cool things. I mean, there's that's even there's even more. But I mean, it's pretty cool. I I think there's definitely a lot to be said for stars aligning you see little signs things happening um and and uh, and we're no different it's funny it's funny i always liken it i always liken it to building a bonfire like you as a band you we work, worked really hard up to that point you build the best bonfire you can ever make and then you're like you're finished it you know like, that looks brown and you all pack your pockets and nobody's got a light nobody's got matches nobody's got light. <laughs> and you've built this but, but you've got to wait around for like a little spark just and so, sort of a little spark will fly towards it and suddenly because it's so well made it'll just be whoosh but you need those little bits of like the luck or something mm -hmm. coming along I mean, it was like you guys came together and once you'd got that formation of the four of you right, you just worked really hard. But your success was informed by so many things that you could never have planned for or manipulated or made happen. Yeah, yeah. Totally, it's yeah. it's kind of, it's, it's totally all up to all these lovely wee little happy accidents that, 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 that they really, it feels like magic. You feel like you're... It does. Um, it, yeah, you feel like you're. I mean, I like we're all pretty, pretty lucky guys, and I think you pull your luck to, together when you have yeah. you're individually lucky, and so you you kind of make that luck bigger. You're also really nice guys, and I do think that goes a long way because you know at the time that that this was all happening and imploding and exploding for you, there were some big characters on the scenes, and you were never assholes. You've always been <laughs> thoroughly nice guys. Behind closed stick doors. Around, <laughs> stick around, Kate. <laughs> yeah. no, it's, it's funny. Oh, I was no, listen. Some... I, 
I've known you too long to know that you're yeah. you're, you're definitely not arseholes. Yeah. You're definitely. Uh-huh. I was not. I was talking to uh, <laughs> Joe's mum's fella today about it actually because he was saying about the shows and he said you always work really hard when you play live and that. We were kind of lucky because we we played for a long time before we made it. We did, and we we played to a lot of like sort of two guys in a dog shows and like people that didn't want to see you and people were throwing stuff at us or one fight. And once we made it, if it ever got tough, it was kind of you knew what to do. You had you had the the, sort of the, the tool kit ready to go. Okay, I know how to work this. I've seen so many bands <laughs> that had it. They, they, you know that were in the first record, the first single, they got massive. And as soon as anything got difficult, they would turn their backs on the audience. They would give up. They would they would totally they would get really petulant and that's totally the wrong way to do it you fight for whatever you want you know you put for what you want and we, we were so used to fighting by that point that i think it was already embedded into us <laughs> yeah totally i think yeah because i mean i know that in in the first instance you you were a band that gigged and gigged and gigged and gigged and it just felt like those moments of making it happen slipped through your fingers a few times but actually when you look back hindsight would inform that actually that was kind of meant to be. Yeah, there's very few bands we didn't. There's very few bands we didn't support at the time. I don't think. So many bands. We played something. I saw a list of gigs. We were we're uh, so we're doing we're, we're reissuing Good Feeling, our first album on on vinyl. Um, I think it's April the second, and the so we've been looking at a lot of stuff to do with that record. One of the things was, oh, why don't we do a, a funny T-shirt with all the gigs that we played over that album? There's like 247 shows <laughs> on that on that record, and which is kind of unheard of. You don't get bands that play like that. And we spoke to Steve Lillywhite, our first producer, the other day, and we were talking about how um, he's like, because you are a band, you know, that's the thing that you guys are. And we were like, yeah, I know. And he's going, no, 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 but that's really special. That bond that you have together, you're still the same band as you were. 27 years ago, 30 years ago, whatever. Um, and you can't break that. He talked about when he you know, first went to London, Steve, when Steve first went to London, and he'd meet people and the guy, a guy would be like, oh, I'm in four bands. And he's like, four bands? That's rubbish. He's got to be in one band. He's like, yeah. that's, that's like having four wives. <laughs> it kind of is though, isn't it? Do you know what I love? I, I love that Steve Lillywhite also told you that an intro to a song was your front door as to the record. And I thought that was such a brilliant way of framing the importance of a beautiful intro, a, an intro that really holds you and, and invites you in. And to look at it like that, I'd never in all my years of listening to music thought of it in that way. And then it made total sense. You're like, mm, no brainer. I think out of everyone we ever worked with, nobody loved music more than Steve. He was mm. just, he's just so passionate about music, you know? He made he made Fairy Tale of New York. I mean, you can't really, you can't beat that. I mean, he's done a lot of stuff, but when you that's like one of those songs that are like the pure magic. They're they're um, and he was in charge of, of putting that in the bottle, you know, keep, keep bottling it. And um and uh, he's he's amazing. He's, yeah. he's, he's also the guy that brought the, the Joshua Tree to its, to its, its form, didn't he? In the end, I think it was, that was Steve, wasn't it? Which yeah, is one of my favourite albums still ever. I mean, the, the thing is, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll fall in and out of love of you too. And I was, again, I was talking to someone about this the other day. And there can be a YouTube concert. I'm like, oh, what's Bono doing? And, you know, like, so they, but, but as soon as they play <laughs> with the streets have no name, it's just like that. You just can't help yeah. yourself. It's just, it's just one of the best. It's one of the best songs <laughs> ever. And when they play that live, it's just they're unbeatable. It's amazing. Because every component on that record works. 
be it the guitars the drums the vocals the arrangement the production everything is just there and it sits on the nape of your neck and you wear that song don't you when when it comes on you're like yeah that's a moment (laughs) what's it like when you are a bunch of young pretenders and steve lillywhite says you're good what does that feel like oh it's great that whole we had a lovely conversation the other day with Steve and and all of us we we all met and did one of these with Steve, and it was <clears throat> all the memories kind of thawed and came back to came back to me anyway. I, I couldn't get, I could not get to sleep, at least ah. we, because I was so excited after the after the call. Um, it's it's cool, you know. We were sort of we just went from signing on the dole to be in, in one of the best studios in the world, uh, like within months, and with Steve Lillyway, one of the best producers in the world, recording uh, our first album. And you'll never get that opportunity again, like that first experience of um, being a professional <laughs> musician. But, um, and what a, what a first time it was. It was, um, it's just, it was so many great memories. It was great because we were talking to him about Steve about it the other day, and it was was so thankful to him not just for making a record, but where he took us. Because I think he purposefully did that to a young band. You know, we were massive fans of the band who all made loads of music there. You know, in Dillon and in Bearsville, upstate New York, and the whole experience itself, as well as making the music, was just dreamlike. I remember like me and Neil got off the plane, and the guy that picked us up. He was like this sort of ex-cop, this ex-New York cop, and he opened the glove compartment to show me and Neil the biggest gun I have still seen in my life. It was like a pistol, but it was about that size, you know, it was like something that, like oh no hand God. could pick it up. You know? Welcome just, to America! Yeah, it's just surreal. And from that point on, the whole, that whole like, sort of like journey of Bearsville was just the weirdest, most amazing, most magical. <laughs> sort of like, like everything was like nothing you'd ever seen in your life before. It's mad, isn't it? You know, when you, can you remember when we all first started out and then you'd ring home? And your mum or your dad would go, so what you been doing? And then you'd have to try to explain this kind of other world that we were occupying at that time. Even just the weird little things I remember, like sort of getting into the, the first house we stayed in and getting all the American cereals. And we were just like, oh, this thing, all these like, really yeah. weird sugary, so like, sort of, you know, it's just basically solid sugar in a bowl. But it's, it's just like, oh, I've done this before. You know. it it's American amazing. sugar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember our, our, our first Brits, we got taken to Brits before we were ever involved in it, and it was just like, free booze! It's like free drink! <laughs> and it was totally just like the abuse of that, so like, ah! <laughs> and it ended up sort of like unconscious somewhere, you know? That was a, that was a horrific night. <laughs> it was like the next day, like, Where, where's Andy? Where's Neil? Where's, where's... <laughs> Was that not the night you forgot your name? No, that was a Burns night. Oh, I just moved. No, I just moved to um, Archway. I moved to that flat in Archway, and everyone's going, "Andy, where's uh-huh. your flat?" And I was just like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I "Don't know." Right. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't well, remember where I'd moved right. to, so like everyone was trying to get me home. Oh, and just right, right. I thought it was your yeah. name. No, I, you I, are I, one I, of the the loveliest drunks, though, and even when you're in a, a sense of complete stupor, you're still lovely. There's there's no. <laughs> There's no bad vibe with you. I think I think the big no. word would be ineffectual. <laughs> there is that, yeah. No, nothing gets done when I'm drunk. <laughs> um, and you use the word dreamlike to describe a moment back there with Steve in that session um, in in the studio with him. 
But I wondered if we could just revisit that Glastonbury moment because it is something that whenever you Google Travis is there where you walk on stage and it has, you know, the, the day's been as dry as it's been long and then suddenly you guys arrive and you start the opening bars of Why Does It Always Rain On Me and the heavens open. Now that's poetic, isn't it? You would, you would think so, but it was like weirdly one of those things that just passed passed me by anyway. I didn't didn't I mean Did people, it? people looked a bit miserable that it was raining. You know, it wasn't it wasn't really one of those things that you felt oh this is history. I think like most points like sort of like where things sort of pivot, you don't really notice it at the time. It's only after it that you sort of start thinking oh right okay that was kind of a big a big deal really you know. Do you remember Andy us coming off stage and like everyone's like almost like the kind of. Com, com, in commiseration like partners in the yeah, back yeah. like it was the and it was it, it didn't feel like we'd done a good show yeah. it no felt like we'd done a, we'd, we felt like we'd done a bit of an average show and it was our big a big chance for us and we sort of blew it and it was like better luck next time lads we all got on our or you know we all got in the we just left we just yeah. left Glastonbury we were like oh well oh, I that didn't. was that and and Oh, right, I know you didn't. <laughs> you didn't you no, it was, it was weird because it, it was that time when we were starting to get looked after everywhere. And, and the bus was going, and I went, do you know what, I'm just going to stay at Glastonbury. And it was before mobile phones, and I don't think I turned up until the Wednesday. So I think, I think, the, the, I think everyone was going mental. <laughs> What's happened to Andy? <laughs> Yeah. That's how you do Glastonbury. <laughs> yeah. So really, that, mm. that, that gig, that when I look at it now as... As, as somebody that's watching it on YouTube, it feels it feels poetic. It does. It feels like yeah. it was meant to be, and yet you left that stage feeling like you'd underperformed. But here's the thing: like when I got back that night, I went back to the house, turned on the telly, and you know, like in the old days when your telly would warm up, take a second to warm up. Yeah. <laughs> I switched the telly on, and I could hear the telly crackling up and coming on. And as I turned my back and went back to sit in the sofa, I heard my name get called out of the TV, like my name, like Fran Healy, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, what? I thought I was hearing something. And I turned around and the telly came on. It was Joe Wiley and uh, John Peel sitting around the fire or, or Mark, Mark Radcliffe. Um, maybe it was John Peel. And um, they were talking about us and talking about how we were the band of the, you know, we were the band of the weekend. We, we, totally smashed it and I'm like what that's that's just not what happens and so they went and let's have a let's have a little look and they showed us playing and it was amazing <laughs> it was amazing it was I was like holy crap that was we that's us and it and and so you're really when you're in the moment <clears throat> you're dealing with I can't hear myself uh I'm out of tune Oh no! It just started raining, and everyone's really upset at me. <laughs> Why? Why would they be upset at me for it raining? But you know, that's the way. That's the way it works. You know, it rains. The, the person's there. It's their fault, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, and uh, and so um, yeah, and it was absolute polar opposite of it. So you never really know where you stand, really. All those people in the field that we made it rain on are the ones that didn't buy the record. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think after that, yeah, there weren't many people in this country that hadn't bought the record. It um, it did remarkably well. And still to this day, it's one of those songs, you know, it's one of those songs. 
We had we, we had it we had it not not yesterday but the day before me and Dylan we were watching that you know that only connect you know the, the quiz show on BBC it's like a really sort of cerebral quiz show and they, it was on why was it always rain was one of the sort of music sort of link rounds and we're like oh wow huh? you know so and then me and Dylan went to to Tesco to get like the sort of shopping in, and it was on in a big Tesco just around the corner from us it was, it was one of those days where why does it always rain kept appearing that day it was just like oh my god <laughs> Andy I love you for calling it the big Tesco I know yeah well, I still do that. <laughs> Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I always think of you guys as as being quite cinematic. When I come to see your shows, even just the production sounds soundtrack-like. So I wanted you to put kind of a filmmaker's hat on if you could. And if you had to make a, a film about your life and times as a band, what moments would you feature in the trailer that would best land your story? The seminal moments. Fran's already done it. <laughs> He's made a film about the band. Oh, all right. I would say in, in the trailer for this, the film about our lives, I would say... It's like it starts off with a like me sitting in my bedroom next to the fridge. In <laughs> very, Can we just talk very... about why your your bedroom was the kitchen? Well, because there was just a one bedroom house and there was oh. that was the only space that I had for me to sleep. And um and it was beside the beside the fridge that was really loud fridge. <laughs> um but it was fine, you know, you, you, it was like that that's that was that, that was normal. And then, um, and and so I would have that. Oh, here comes a fire fire truck. They're so loud here. So they've got their woo woo woo, and they've also got their. Listen. Yeah. Hold on. Right. So um, I would put me in the bed. I would put the big giant fight that broke out as getting a deal. I would have Andy. Mac- That's a good scene. I would have Andy McDonald coming up to me in in, in the pub and and saying, "Hey." I, I want to give you a deal, like out of the blue, if, the day before my twenty-third birthday. I would play. I, I, I would play a, a, a sort of montage of all of the toilets we played, um, <laughs> up and down the country, in that year leading up to Glastonbury. And then I play the Glastonbury thing, and then cut to us. I would take wise old raining me where it starts raining, and then just cut to the following year when we headline Glastonbury on a Saturday yeah. night. We headline Glastonbury uh-huh. on the Saturday night. That's amazing. It's like so that's cool. it, isn't it? Does is that you know, in terms of like a musical Everest, Ooh. is that the peak? 
Aye, I would say so. I remember standing before, the, the, you know, the, the, the sort of platform at the top of the stage, and the Pet Shop Boys were on before us, and they had a major production. It was all these people with these cones on their heads. It was about thirty people on stage, <laughs> all dancing around everywhere, and it was it was amazing. It was like it was musical theatre, and we were standing in like jeans and t-shirts, about to go on stage <laughs> and everything. Like, and I was absolutely terrified. I was like, "How how do we follow?" But it was amazing because I think the simplicity of it just really sort of struck home. That's always been the case with your shows, though. I love that. I think the last but one time I saw you was on the South Bank. What theatre was that? And was that the, the Man Festival Who Show? Hall. But yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, the Man Who Show, yeah. yeah. Royal and Festival so I came, And then I think the other, the like, the time after that was when I came and saw you, saw you perform the whole album in its entirety on Blackheath. Oh, well, yeah, that was great, that festival, yeah, yeah that was yeah, really nice. That was great. Yeah. But I love that moment, when you talk about the simplicity, there's a moment where all four of you come to the mic and it's just the four of you and you, what's the song that you do at that Flowers moment? Flowers in the, the window. That's beautiful. There is no more simple or beautiful or poignant a moment than that. It's lovely. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, we're, we're, we have got, a, we're very lucky that we've we got a, a, a handful of really well-known songs. and Anthems, and, um, Fran. Anthems. Yeah, yeah. And they, they, they've, they've, they've soundtracked people's, you know, mm-hmm. lives and deaths and births and all kinds of things. And it's really, it's like, you can't you couldn't hope for anything better than that when you're in when you're a, a, a recording artist well you stitch yourself into people's lives don't you and that's you become embedded and and then and the next generation discovers you i i've took my son up to both of those gigs and he knows andy a little through through our friendship yeah and he's like, and he loves Dylan because Dylan's older than him and oh, really grown up and tall. And he's, you know, he's got big shoulders. Yeah. And then he was like, <laughs> I remember when we came to the Royal Festival Hall gig, he went, Mom, look at Dylan's dad. He's a nutter. <laughs> <laughs> and he couldn't understand how this very placid, calm, lovely, super chatty guy that is you when we're hanging out was this kind of guy that was leaping off of, 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 of speakers and... <laughs> Crowd surfing, and you are a bit of a nut around. I think I think that comes I think that comes back from the early days where like a moving target was harder to hit. To be honest, <laughs> people throwing bottles. I, I just I never I never understood all you know all those cool bands how they could just stand there and be cool because it's so much fun being on stage and it's such a joyous explosion of energy that, that that's just the way I sort of interpret it I suppose but I could never understand how you could just stand there and not smile and play music because it's great it's like the best job in the world yeah. it's really joyous and to just stand there I, I really but could the, not I mean, do it. you look at the pet shop boys right they don't move <laughs> they don't move they don't even yeah. need shoes because they're not really going very far yeah maybe, yeah. maybe if yeah. I had loads of dancers I wouldn't do it so, and would there, would there be any moments that you would add to the trailer of the film about the life of no, Travis? No, I, I think that's a fairly good summary of the rise to that point, you know. And, and, it's, and, you know, and, and it was, that was the sort of, the, the struggle to that point was like, so, okay, we've, we've managed to get that, and then we just sort of enjoyed ourselves after that. You know, and it's been sort of, you know, your careers go around corners, ups and downs and things, and it's all been fun, it's all been great, it's all been a valid part of the journey since then as well, you know, and we're still together, it's still the same four guys, still enjoying making music, still making music that we enjoy making, you know, like the last album was a joyous experience to make, it's, you know, to make something still and go, and sit back and go, oh, I'm really proud of that, I'm really happy with the way that sounded, and to still be doing that after all this time, it's, what, what more could you want? You have to take a few risks, I remember the, the, the conversations with, 
you know, uncles and people going, oh, you know, you're going to get a proper job or, and you sort of sacrifice that a bit because you're, 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 you're following this crazy, um, on, uh, you know, kind of unreal, you're, not many people get a chat, get a record deal type of thing and you just have to go for it. And, um, so it's, it's kind of risky, but it's, it, but when you do get a, a deal and when you do get a little bit of success, it's like, you do feel like even Bono says it's, he feels like he's still getting away with it. Yeah. yeah. That, that's, that's Bono. <laughs> Every, every band, I think, is a perfect shitstorm of confidence and uh, stupidity. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> a perfect shitstorm of confidence and stupidity. That's got to be on a poster somewhere, and. <laughs> <laughs> My final question to you is firmly entrenched in musical waters. I want to know from the pair of you, what's the one song that you wish you'd written? And also, which lyric do you consider to be the greatest of all time? Well, I'll tell you what, it changes, it changes all the time, but I've become obsessed with the Paul Simon song, 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover. I think it's wow. just Is there something so you're trying amazing. to tell us, Sand? No, 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 It's been a long, been a long, long time. No, no, but it's, it's, it's just the, the sound of it, the, just the, the rhymes in it, and it's, it's, it's like a little, it's a kind of nursery rhyme. It's not really that important, a song almost, but it's just become this thing that I listen to, like, a, a lot, and I've really sort of taken it apart and listened to it a lot recently. So for me at the moment, it's, it's that song, but it changes, that, that's the thing, I don't, I don't have necessarily a song that's gone all through my life has been my favourite song. They all, there's a patchwork of songs that I will always listen to. So with you talked about deconstructing that song there. Is that what you do as musicians? Do you deconstruct music and listen well, to other I, people's I like, music? I like to work out the chords and like, so work out, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, you, you, can't, you can't learn to write a song, you can't learn to write a great song, but you can work out what's great about a song that's already been written, I think. And, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and with that, it's, 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 a, it's a journey. The way I always look at music is it's because it's, it's people think of like in chords. I like to think it's a sort of the musical movement. You know, it goes from left to right and then it moves down a little bit. And you know, I love when bass lines fall and it feels like you're going down. And it's, so it's, it's that sort of thing that I like to sort of take apart and go, oh, that's amazing what you did there. And, so, and that song yeah. does it it's so many times, it's beautiful. What about a great lyric then, And? Oh, um, uh, this is another one I've listened to a lot. It's A, a Case of You by Joni Mitchell. It's just mm. the most amazing lyric. It's it's it's, yeah. it's so so powerful and so poignant. It's just uh, and and it's and it's a song. Like, Fran turned me on to Joni when we first started. But I'm like I was like a total ACDC kid. Like, and then never heard of it until I met Fran. And it was a whole new because you know they're, they're all singing about balls and <laughs> getting, getting laid or whatever or hell. You know what I mean? It's like, and it's like oh suddenly you can sing about your heart getting broken and and, and it was a whole new world to me. And, 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 and but that song especially is just. It's so so beautifully written, it's so wonderfully constructed. And what about you, Fran? There's so many great lyrics, and and there's um, the the lyrics to "Cool for Cats" is a good one. I mean, yeah. uh, th that's just one, for instance. Like he's, if you read those lyrics, the Indians send signals from the rocks above the pass. The cowboys take position in the bushes and the grass. The squaw is with the corporal. She's tied against the tree. She doesn't mind the language. It's the beaten she don't need. 
she lets loose all the horses and the corporal is asleep. It's like they tell these stories. Yeah, storytelling. It's almost country, isn't it? And the folk. Yeah, they're 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 completely they read they read like stories, but they've got this Mm. amazing melody over the top of them. It's really hard to get the the two things to sit. But the whole um, that whole song is just amazing. Like um, I, I, I. yeah, it, it's it's some some really really great lyrics on it. And um, what was the other question, Kate? Was was it song? The like one the song, song you wish you'd written. Maybe something like Route sixty six mm-hmm. by Chuck, you know, like Chuck Berry. You've Get your way kicks back. on Route sixty six. Yeah, it's like it's an amazing uh, song, and it's 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 still people still sing it. And that's like 60 years after it was written. God, yeah. I've, I've, I've changed mine. I've changed mine until my heart will go on because I'd be totally minted if I'd written that. <laughs> artistic integrity, I just want money. <laughs> or I will always love you, Johnny Parton. Oh, great song. No, that is a great going, song. You're going for the big bucks. Because yeah. I was, I was, I was, I was, I was doing a thing about key changes today, and um, uh, I want to dance with somebody. It's the best key change in the world ever. Ah, it's the most amazing. That lift at that point is like that. It goes yeah. up, 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 up. Oh, ah. I want to dance with somebody. Uh, that is a great, great pop song. <laughs> Brilliant. And I, and I, I believe I'm right in saying she never wanted to release that. No. It didn't feel like her kind of music yeah. to her. And um, thank you both so so much. Fran, look after yourself in Los Angeles. And June 21st we'll all just we'll just have one big party as soon as this is all over. Uh, my garden or yours. I don't care. Oh great to see you Kate. Thank you so much. Uh, look after yourselves. Bye boys. That's it for this week's White Wine Question Time. As always the show's produced by me Kate Thornton with Richard Hatherall for Yahoo UK. Editing and co-producing is with Callum Bodob-Mucklow. Our music is provided, as always, by Andy Bell. We'll be back next week with more great chat. Until then, do as we do. And please, if you're drinking, drink responsibly. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.